You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Season 8 Drabbles by Lindsay Bones on AO3 Chapter 10 Process The room slowly clears. She watches, wild-eyed, as the strangers trickle out. The baby screams and squirms against her chest. The umbilical cord pulses against her distended belly, still tethering them together. What's that sound? Monica asks, looking up. She thought maybe it was her heart, thumping like a bass drum, but it isn't. It's the steady, chopping blade of a helicopter. It's Mulder, she says with relief. Monica covers them both with a heavy blanket and darts outside. She glances down and gets a good look at him for the first time. She suddenly finds it hard to breathe. Hi, she gasps, tears trickling down her cheeks. I'm your mom. The baby quiets and blinks with puffy, squinty eyes. She weeps as she cradles him close and lets the fear drift away like a handful of balloons. Her son is perfect, and his father is coming for them. If looks could kill, he'd be eviscerated by the face Maggie Scully is making at him right now. Fox, what was she even doing out there? The hospital lighting shows every line of worry etched on her face. He knows he's responsible for his fair share of them. She was in danger. It was the only way, he tries to explain. Danger? she nearly shouts. She nearly bled to death. I know. Believe me, I know. She'd started circling the drain in his arms just as the chopper lifted them away from the dusty ramshackle town. Monica whisked the baby from her and kept him warm until they reached the hospital. Stay with him, Scully pleaded with him as they lifted her away from his grasp. Hours later, he is outside the NICU, and Scully is the next floor up being treated for massive hemorrhaging and a retained placenta. The doctor said she's responding well, he explains. We'll probably be able to go home in a couple of days. You, Maggie responds with her finger at his sternum will not be taking them home. You've done quite enough. He's stunned, and she conveys no pity. The ability to paralyze with a look is apparently a Scully family trait. She is smoldering as she walks away to be with her daughter. Because he values his life, he does not follow. Instead, he heads back to sit with the baby. Hey, Dad, a nurse greets cheerfully. He quickly glances around to make sure she's not talking to someone else. Uh, hi, he replies tentatively. Little guy is having some trouble keeping his temperature up. Have you ever heard of skin to skin? She asks. He looks down at the baby who is bathed in artificial light, along with a few monitors and wires. He's got a little mask on to protect his eyes and a hat, but he isn't really sure what that's for. Apparently, babies come with them. The nurse explains how his body heat will be very beneficial in helping the baby maintain his temperature. Before he knows it, he's sitting in a chair shirtless, and the infant is being laid against his chest. The nurse situates several warm blankets over the two of them and smiles. Does he have a name yet? she asks. Not yet, he replies, as he palms the baby's velvety head. Okay, let me know if he gets fussy. We'll be all right, he says softly. The baby stirs and blinks up at him, looking utterly confused. Maybe it's just him projecting his own feelings on the situation. 
You and me both, little man, he murmurs. She has never felt so weak and tired in her life. She is exhausted to the point of numbness. Hmm, where is Muller? She mumbles. Even her lips feel numb. He's downstairs with the baby, dear, Maggie says as she rubs her hand. She wants to open her eyes, but she just can't. She swallows and feels a rolling wave of nausea. Is the baby okay? The words are clear in her mind, but slushy in her mouth. He's perfect, her mother tells her, a smile in her voice. I want to see him. Sweetie, you've got to rest right now, she soothes. She feels the tender touch of her mother's hand smoothing her hair, cupping her cheek, and succumbs to unconsciousness. Maggie watches her toss fitfully and wishes she could simply draw her into her arms and rock her as she did when she was a little girl. When she'd stopped by Dana's apartment that morning and found it empty, she was immediately terrified. Not being able to reach her wayward partner was just icing on the cake. When she got the call that she was in Georgia of all places, she was initially relieved, but the flight in gave her plenty of time to get good and mad. Her daughter, her only daughter, and grandson nearly lost their lives, and it's not something she can forgive so easily. The captain used to accuse her of having Irish Alzheimer's, forgetting everything but a grudge. She's willing to concede, as she clutches her child's hand, that he was likely right. He waits until late the next day to venture up to her room, rather than tempting the wrath of Maggie Scully. She is blessedly absent. He'd managed to score a set of scrubs since his son baptized his clothes during a diaper change that morning. The nurses had tittered behind cupped hands and commented that it must be his first time changing a boy. He felt lucky that he didn't put the thing on backwards. Scully is bundled in the hospital bed, as pale as the threadbare sheets she lays on. He moves in quietly and takes a seat next to her bed. Heard you really endeared yourself to Mom, she sighs, as her eyes draw open like heavy curtains. He chuckles and scoops up her hand. Yeah, I hear she's starting a fan club. Well, I'm the president then. She squeezes his hand, and he could just sob with the joy and relief of it all. They're going to bring the baby up soon if you're up for it, he tells her. She seems to be suddenly lit from within. Yeah, she says with a teary smile. It seems weird, but it's only been a day, and I miss him so much. It's not weird. I just left him five minutes ago, and I miss him. And it's true, he does. The feel of his peachy skin and downy head are imprinted on his heart now, like the loops and whorls of a fingerprint with all the same permanence and definition of identity. He is my son. I am his father. There is a soft knock on the door, and a smiling nurse comes in pushing a bassinet. He immediately rises and helps her get situated, raising the bed and tucking a pillow behind her back. The nurse gently transfers the tightly wrapped boy to his mother's waiting arms. Oh God, she says, her voice trembling with tears. He's so beautiful. He edges onto the bed next to her and wraps an arm over the two of them. He watches her stroke a fingertip down the bridge of the baby's nose. I was thinking I should head back to D.C. in the morning, get the baby's room finished before you two come home. Are you avoiding my mother? Maybe a little, he concedes. I think it's a good idea. Nothing is ready yet, she says, 
talking to him but staring at the baby. When his flight departs the next morning, he feels like he is traveling with his heart outside of his body. It's still thumping away, though in a hospital room in Georgia. Maggie fusses over the two of them as Scully struggles to get comfortable in the rigid airplane seat. The baby has slept through boarding and takeoff, but is now voicing his discomfort or hunger. She's not sure which. He is grunting and squeaking with his fists balled up tightly. She rocks and shushes, but to no avail. He's probably hungry, Maggie says softly. She feels a momentary wave of panic. Despite the nurse's claims that she was a natural and that the baby's latch was perfect, she's feeling less than confident. After a few fumbling attempts, the baby latches successfully and quiets immediately as his little jaw clucks rhythmically. Maggie smiles in adoration. You know, Dana, you're going to have to settle on a name soon. I've got something in mind, she sighs, as she smiles down at her son. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.